0: Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Hillside Assembly. My name is Adrian. I'm excited today to learn and grow together with you in Jesus. Last time I was up here giving announcements, I butchered it a little bit. I tried to read off of multiple paragraphs, um, but I am proof that here at Hillside we learn and grow together. Amen. Because last week I had the blessing of not having a voice, and so I was able to think about my actions and improve. And this time I have bullet points to share with you all. So first of all, what well, you can—the 25th—we have our so make that a priority. did with lunch, the office will be closed this Tuesday, just so you're aware. And on Friday, March 1st, we are going to a herd game in Oshkosh. So for $18, you can sign up. If you would like to go and you haven't signed up yet, please do so this week. It's your last week to do so. Also, there is a chicken barbecue, which is awesomely delicious, and it supports our fire department here in Ripon. On Sunday, March 3rd, tickets you can get from Ron Fader for $11 which is the cheapest price you'll get. He has that cheapest price. We're going to dismiss our kids now. So kids will be heading down. Did they already head downstairs? Maybe they didn't. Elena, you are dismissed. All right. And any other kids with you? We're going to head back into a time of worshiping God, praising him. So if you'd stand with us.
2: along with the theme of uh, breakthrough that we're in this this late winter, spring season as pastor is preaching on breakthrough. Maybe you're still waiting on your breakthrough. Maybe you can thank God and have a testimony for a breakthrough you've experienced, but maybe you're waiting yet for that breakthrough. I want to encourage you, don't stop praying. Because it says that your breakthrough is coming, because Jesus said in the the Matthew 7 7 prayer, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. Amen. I love that prayer, Matthew 7 7. So we'd like to sing a song about prayer, the battle. Belongs to the Lord, Amen. When all I see is the battle,
3: you see my victory.
2: When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain.
3: And as I walk through the shadow Your love surrounds me There's nothing to fear now For I am safe with You So when I fight So when I fight I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high Oh God, the battle belongs to You and every fear I lay at your feet i sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs to you And if you are for me Who can be against me? For Jesus there's nothing
4: lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you, me.
3: every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night, oh God, fortress for us, nothing can stand against the power of our God, you shine in the shadows, you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our god almighty fortress you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our god you shine in the shadow you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our god So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high
2: on my knees that's talking about prayer people of God don't stop praying as we look for that move of God moving on your behalf as you see breakthroughs
4: mountains are still being moved strongholds are still being moved how we believe yes we can see it that wonders are still what you do we are here for you come and do what you do we are here for you And yeah. yeah. This is a moon. we are here we are here
2: Place by your Holy Spirit, O oh God. Thank you, Lord God. You sing with me, let's bless the Lord. Bless the Lord of oh my soul, O oh my soul.
3: Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I worship Your holy name The sun comes up The sun comes up It's a new day, darling, it's time to sing your song. the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his soul hold before hold.
4: all and that day when my strength is failing, and my time has come
3: still so
0: ways in and through our lives. Lord, we believe that you want to do good things in us and good things through us. Lord, we make room this morning for you to speak to our hearts, our minds, to Lord, to help us to not be the same as we came in when we leave this place today. Lord, we know that we're in a very special season and that God, you are doing a deeper work in us. Lord, we just thank you this morning that you are here in this place. And Lord, we prepare our hearts to hear the word of God today. And Lord, just not to hear it, but to apply it to our life. That it would change us and transform us, encourage us, challenge us. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. Quick thing, uh, the office will be open on Tuesday, but if you don't think it is, uh, I'll get a lot of work done, um, but uh, the following Tuesday, uh, the office will be closed, and so just uh, just make note of that. If you're trying to get a hold of us that week, uh, you probably won't be able to leave a message. We'll get back to you uh, when we return to town. Uh, helpers today. Who am I? Right. All right. Why don't you come on up? Alex and Ashlyn Bowman and uh, Nick, why don't you come on up? And so, uh, see if you guys can guess the price. (laughs) Uh, First off, I want to say, Alex and Ashlyn, uh, they are new members to our church. They completed the membership class back in November. We voted them into membership. And so, can you guys just congratulate them? We're looking forward to. Welcome to membership, guys. You guys, you get to to serve today. (laughs) So, uh, I'm actually going to ask the four of you guys, if you could help me out. I've got these four baskets of rocks. Now, I realize I'm about to give you rocks, and we're preaching on breakthrough. Do not throw the rocks at the window, all right, or at the pastor after service, all right? I just preach the word. God wrote it, all right? So uh, if you guys could each take one of these baskets, we'd like to give everybody here today one of these stones, and we'll explain what that's for at the end of service day. But you guys are free to go pass those out. Make sure everybody gets one of those, uh, and we'll let you know what those are for in a few moments. Um, So... The last couple of weeks, I realized the messages have kind of been heavy, uh, difficult, challenging. Uh, because not only are we realizing that God is bringing us to a place of breakthrough, for a lot of us in this place, God is bringing us to a place of healing. He's going back to some of the traumas and the injury, and injuries and the abuses uh, and the sin in our life and saying, look, we're going to take care of all of this stuff. Here's what I love about God. He does not expect me or you to do the supernatural, but he does expect us to do the practical. He will give us directions and say, look, work on this, do this, follow these instructions, and I will handle the spiritual side. I'll handle the miraculous side. Moses could not roll back the waters at the Red Sea, but God sure could. And where you need a miracle, you may not be the the answer to your miracle, but I guarantee you God is working on your miracle. You just have to be responsible for the practical. So the last couple weeks, we've been talking about Paul on his second missionary journey. Uh, He's got a new partner with Silas. They traveled, they picked up uh, Timothy along the way. Luke now joined them, and they were convinced that they needed to take the gospel to the area of Asia, to go east, because look, they knew for a fact that, hey, the church has not gone east yet, so let's go. Let's take the word to people who don't know it. I appreciate their passion. God appreciates their passion. They're on mission, but they've got a problem. As they start heading east, it was not working out, and the Bible says that twice the Holy Spirit stopped them from going in, and we don't know what God used because um, the, the, the passage is very vague. We just know that they were not allowed to go east. Instead, that uh, Paul would have a dream after that, because they're still trying to go east. Even after God has twice shut the doors, they're still trying to go east. When Paul has a dream of a man from Macedonia saying, would you come and would you help us? And it's then that Paul realizes we're going in exactly the wrong direction. We've got to turn this thing around. Last week, we talked about uh, God's will and we had the will window, right? And we, we talked about this is, is one of the tools that God uses to help us. And so we talked about the fact that how do we know we're, we're where we're supposed to be or what direction we're supposed to go in? And, and the window, we can look at a couple things here. We can know that God moves in, in other people's lives, so He'll use the influence of others in our life to help give us direction. He'll use life circumstances, the crazy stuff that can happen, both the good and the bad. God can use it all to help us put us right where we need to be when we need to be there. The, the le- uh, leading of the Holy Spirit, which is exactly what Paul and these guys were. We're we're, we're dealing with. And and then, of course, we want to have the Word of God as our foundation, and we want to view these other things. Or was that bad pizza that you might have? gas? all right. Decisions based on the fact that we really know that this is what God is asking us to do. And so we've got to be grounded in God's Word. Now, last week was a, a lot when we talked about this. It was the theory of ministry. And today what I'd like to do is walk you through a passage of Scripture and actually put wheels on it. Uh, and see it practically played out in the lives of our characters, and then how we can apply it to our life today. Does that sound good? Awesome. Let's turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 12. Now remember, they have been redirected. The four of these men, whoever else might be traveling with them here now, have been redirected from where they were, they traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the, and the leading city of the district of Macedonia. So they have arrived in Macedonia, where Paul has had this vision of a man saying, come and help us. And we stayed there several days. I love this passage of the scripture. I feel like if you're, if you're a movie, if anybody like watching movies... Like, I remember the Indiana Jones movies when he'd go from one place to another? The, the characters would fade out. You'd have the, the, the map that would show up and then you'd have the, the red line and the sound of the airplane and the music done. And the the arrows going. I feel like that's what would play out right here. If this was a movie scene, these guys are traveling. The red line is showing you where they're going. Uh, and they're on this awesome adventure and they end up in Philippi. And then verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went outside uh, the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman, uh, to the women who had gathered there. One of these, one of those listening, was a woman from the city of the, I'm gonna mess this up, the Tyria named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Paul and his friends are here, and they didn't plunge immediately into evangelizing the city. It's good to get a lay of the land to understand what's going on. They knew God had called them there, but no doubt that they needed to rest and pray from their journey and then begin to make plans together on how they would begin to execute the plans that needed to happen. It's not enough for us to know where God wants us to work. We must also know when and how he wants us to work. These things all work together. And so let's look at how in these few verses that we read this morning, we see God's will window at work Paul and the team they were they they were how did they end up in Macedonia it was the leading of the Holy Spirit and there was no doubt I mean Paul had a vision all of a sudden things began to make sense to Paul his stubbornness of saying we've got to go east we've got to go east we've got to go east oh sorry (laughs) I misunderstood God we got to go west okay all right and we've all been there we've all been there and we'll all be there again or we think we've got God all figured out only for God to go, <laughs> you are going in exactly the wrong direction. Uh, 180, let's turn this thing around, get you where, where I need you to be. Thank goodness for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Then we see that the Philippi here, and, and it's interesting because any time that Paul has been involved in planting a church in any community, where did they start? The synagogue, right? They started with the people who had a foundation in God, but were stuck in religion and had not heard about Jesus, his salvation, the work on the cross, his resurrection. But the interesting thing about Philippi is, is there is no synagogue. So all of a sudden, his blueprint for how ministry is supposed to go, how it's supposed to operate, how it's supposed to work, doesn't work here. So they said, hey, let's go down by the river and find a place to pray well, let's look back at our window, life synagogue, because God had a plan for planting a church in Philippi, and it was going, not going to be the plan that they had used before and before and before. This was going to be different. So we see life circumstances played out to put Paul and Silas exactly where they needed to be when they needed to be there. Here's an important side note as we get here to the, to the third part of this is you have to understand the philosophy that Paul would have grown up in before he became a Christian. Because he was a dedicated follower to religion. And I took this quote out of some Jewish teachings that would have been from the time of Paul's life. Here's, here's the quote. It is better that the words of the law be burned than be delivered to a woman. Whoa. 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 But Paul had a much higher view of women because he knew Jesus had a much higher view of women. After all, it was Jesus who found a woman at the well. And after one afternoon with Jesus, becomes the first evangelist in the Bible and wins her entire community to Christ. So Paul had a higher view of women and did not let gender uh, defer him or pose an obstacle. Paul had no qualms of telling these women about Jesus. So what did he do when he saw these individuals? They began a conversation. He saw an opportunity, and he shared the word of God, the living word of God, because he'd tell them about Jesus. And something amazing happened. Paul shared the good news, and Lydia had kn- knew about God, because it said that she, she worshiped God. But she hadn't heard about Jesus, about what he had done, about the freedom from her sin and freedom from religion. But Paul was only the messenger. It was the Holy Spirit that did the saving. We're told in verse 14 that the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Again, the leading of the Holy Spirit. The word of God is spoken, but the Spirit has to be at work for the word to be received. Amen? Amen. So who was Lydia? Well, Lydia was a wealthy, well-to-do businesswoman, a dealer of purple cloth. Lydia Lydia may not have been her actual name. Uh, It may have been uh, something that was translated because uh, Lydia was the name uh, of, of the area where she would have been from originally. And so we're not for sure. Lydia might be a nickname. It might be her actual name. We don't know. The purple cloth that she manufactured and distributed was, uh, was extremely valuable and expensive material, often worn as a sign of nobility. The purple dyes uh, were extracted from various shells and roots. In fact, it's thought that Lydia was also uh, the trade brand name for her company's product. So here she is, and she's got this business and she is running. She would have, she would have been a very important person in the Philippi Chamber of Commerce. Uh, here she is, Everything Purple Store. Anybody ever been to an Everything Purple store? Uh, I used to, there used to be a place called Everything Purple, Everything Purple Store, uh, I think it was just called Everything Purple. Uh, down the river walk in San Antonio. I was on a missions trip. We stopped in San Antonio. Everything was purple. I couldn't figure out why it was in Texas. I was like, this store needs to be in Minnesota. Uh, I just don't understand. Um, Because what's purple in in Texas? But everything in the store was purple, and it was probably a lot like that at Lydia's place. There was a lot of purple items. So here is Lydia. She's a well-to-do businesswoman. But then, personal relationship with Jesus, and we begin our. And when you and I engage with God, and we begin our our life with Jesus, He sets us free. It's this amazing feeling. And, And we begin this journey, we begin to walk things out. And one of the things that Jesus does is He empowers us. He says, look, I'm going to empower you to make good and wise decisions. I'm going to empower you to live the life that I'm calling you to live. One of the things that Lydia would have had to have done at this point is realize that if Jesus is going to be my savior, if Jesus is going to be there, I need to make sure that my business does not become an idol. I can still run a business. I can still be a woman of great importance in my community, but I need to make sure I put things in the right order, the right priorities in my life. So I thought we'd talk about this for a moment. When does work become an idol? When does work become an idol? Well, I wrote down a couple thoughts about that this week. You know, your work is becoming ado- idolatrous when your Bible becomes the financial spreadsheet. Or when economic indicators become more important than spiritual growth indicators in your life. When these things become more important. When you become so self focused and self centered that you stop caring about the needs of others. And you become an Ebenezer Scrooge, where your life is all about you and about your success versus the empowerment of others around you. When success becomes an obsession, you may get to the top of the ladder of success only to discover that you've been climbing the wrong ladder the entire time. How many people, I can't even count the amount of people that I have talked to that are successful and have done extremely well in their business, only to reach the pinnacle and go, I feel incredibly empty, lost, and lonely. Everything that they were looking for was not on the ladder of the corporate hierarchy. Or how about when your work consumes you? Many business people are driven They become workaholics. In Japan, uh, the place of work is having a physical toll. There's a new Japanese word named, I'm going to try this, Nick, all right, uh, karosh, K-A-R-O-S-H, is the English version of this word, meaning death from overwork. Doctors in Japan have found a significant connection between high job stress and cardiovascular and cerebrovascular disease. High blood pressure, heart attack, and stroke—the high pressures of these high-demand jobs and one's workload—is actually killing people in Japan at an extremely high rate. I saw recently. I saw a social media post comparing work to prison. In prison, you get time off for good behavior. At work, you get more work for good behavior. We work like, somebody somebody finally got that, they were just like thinking about that for a moment. (laughs) We might be doing this whole thing wrong. Um, We work like crazy to get promoted, and with each promotion comes an increase in responsibilities. Having a strong worth ethic is admirable and it is good, but work can begin to take over our lives if we let it. It can even take over our marriages, our relationships. We need to learn how to work smarter, not harder. Instead of doing more with less, we need to do less more effectively. And God empowers us to do that. Think about this. The next time that you introduce yourself to someone or ask them about about them, what will the response be? Often the first thing that we're told is what we do for a living. It's what we say or what we, what we expect the response to be when we ask the question, tell us about yourself. And it's healthy to, to feel good about what we do, to feel that what we're doing is important, but not to the point where we lose our identity and our entire identity comes wrapped up with our work. Because God didn't call us by that. He calls us sons and daughters. That's our identity. Our identity is not in what we do, it's in who we are in Christ. You know, your work might be becoming idolatrous when your ethics and values become affected, and you start to do whatever it takes, whatever works to get ahead. We saw this in the years past with companies like Enron and WorldCom these crazy scandals that took place. In the race to succeed and make money, moral and ethical considerations can take a back seat. But as believers in Christ, we need to name our values and then choose to live by them. Because that's where true blessing comes from. When you begin to neglect family and God, it's easy to develop a misguided loyalty. I remember a person whose wife was complaining about the unreasonable long hours they were keeping at work, and she reminded him that the next-door neighbor came home and had dinner with their family. But her husband proudly explained to his wife, that's because he's not going to the places I'm going. I wonder sometimes if we are so wrapped up in our work that we neglect our spouse and our kids, and the ladder that we climb leaves our kids in neglect. That's not what God's called us to. I heard a retirement ceremony of a commander sergeant major who publicly thanked his wife for taking care of the family so I could devote 100% of my efforts to the army, he said. Our values can get so twisted that we can be proud of our neglect. Think about that for a moment. I wasn't there for any of my kids' things because I did this, and that's a proud moment? That's not what God's called us to. Being loyal to our company, to a workplace is is admirable, but we need to make sure that we have our priorities straight. I'm not saying that there aren't seasons, that we have, to, we have to push harder than others. That's true. It's true in ministry. It's true in whatever job that you do. There are seasons. But we have to continue to make priorities in our life, because if we don't, life will make the priorities for us, and we will miss out on the greatest blessings of our life. Lydia seems to be a woman who had her priorities straight, and she's a great example for us. After trusting Christ, Lydia insisted that Paul and Silas stay in her home and use it as a base of operations while they were in Philippi. She had a place for guests to stay and servants to see to their needs. She likely started uh, a house church, and this is probably where the church in Philippi began, was in the house of Lydia. If nothing else, it was the base of operations for the church plant that was coming. How awesome is that? Lydia's first action after being baptized was offering a warm and welcome place Paul, by bringing the word of God by life circumstances and the leading of the Holy Spirit, that she turned around and said, let me influence your life and provide for you some of the needs that you guys have. I've got the means. Let me invest in the ministry. What I am experiencing with Christ, I want my neighbors and my co-workers and the people down the street to experience. I want to invest back into the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God has so influenced my life in this short amount of time. How incredible is that? Awesome. But I think Lydia's influence goes beyond that, and even to us today, I think there's things that we can learn about her and her, 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 her ability to prioritize things. Just as Lydia would have been empowered to put her priorities in the right order as a successful businesswoman, We're empowered to make wise decisions today about our priorities. And I thank goodness that God gives us a blueprint for our priorities. And he keeps it really simple. We should love him above all else, seeking his kingdom first. And all the other things in life will fall into place. Let me ask you a few questions this morning. Could you use more balance in your life? Could you use more peace in your life? Is life so hectic and so crazy that some days you just are manic about it? I think we've got to set priorities, and we have to make it a habit to reevaluate our life priorities at least once a year. Because life changes, and it changes quickly. If something significant happens, like a major change in our life, an illness occurs, you lose your job a death in the family, sometimes your priorities have to shift. They have to change. So we often should evaluate our priorities, make sure that they're right, and make sure that they're in place. What does your life today speak about your priorities? Would people be able to say what your priorities, if they were to look into your life and go, well, obviously you prioritize these things. And are those things that other people would say, are they priorities you really want? Are they priorities that God really wants for our life? Do you even know what your priorities are? I mean, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm all these godly priorities, but have you ever really taken the time to evaluate your life, be honest with yourself, be honest with God, and sit down and maybe put pen to paper and go, what are my priorities, and what are the priorities I want to have? Pastor Rick Warren, uh, he's the author of The Purpose Driven Life, he talks about simple tests that he gives people to start working on, on making priorities in their life. And it's three questions. And here they are. Here's the first one. Priority test number one do, What do you think about the most? What do you think about? Because where our mind is, is where we are going to invest in. What do you think about? Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What do we think about? Because whatever we think about, that's what our focus will be. Question number two, where does your money go first? What is it you invest in? And I realize it's getting difficult and difficult, because our money seems to be the value of our money seems to go less and less further than it used to. How much, gas just went up this last week, I forget how much. Like 30 cents, 40 cents, It was crazy. I just And I, I see those things too, and it, it's crazy. And you go into the, the grocery store and what used to cost us you know a buck 50, now it's, it's ridiculous. It's four or five bucks. I believe told my wife and Riley, I was like, I re-. and then I said, I sound like my parents. <laughs> um, but we see the cost going up, but, but where does our money go first? Where does it go first? Proverbs 3:9 says, honor the Lord with our wealth. And I love the promise found in Malachi chapter 3. Verse 10 says, "Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. It is the only time. This is so crazy. Because the word says, do not test your God. But God says, look, I am going to give you an opportunity here to test me. It's the only time in scripture where God says this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Tithe should not be looked at as the believer as a burden. It is the greatest investment opportunity ever created. Lydia, in these moments where she experienced salvation, goes, I want to invest in the kingdom of God. This is a smart Businesswoman. She knew where to put money and how to make money grow and how to invest in things. She knew what she was doing. She was the top of the top tier. And she said, Number one priority, I want to invest in the kingdom. I know what it's like to go paycheck to paycheck and to feel like there is just enough or there is not enough to pay all the bills. If you're there, I've been there. I know what it's like. But let me encourage you start. Tithing and watch what God can do. We go, and I know, I know that there are people that think this and they go, yeah, but Pastor, I can't do it with 100%. How can I pay it for 90%? Because you do the natural, let God do the supernatural. All of a sudden, you will show up at the store and the things you need are marked down, on clearance, half price. It's crazy how it works. All of a sudden, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be 20 bucks, 200 bucks short on a bill. You won't know what to do. And you'll go check the mailbox and there's $200 in there from a cousin you've never heard of that just said, I felt I needed to bless you. It's crazy. I started tithing when I was a teenager And I remember, I went, tithed, was doing all these things. I was short on this money to be able to... I forget to remember what I was going to be doing. And I was like... And I remember praying, Lord, if you really want me to go... This has been a retreat or something. If you want me to go, then you're going to have to provide... And that evening I went to a bookcase to some books I hadn't read for a long time. I'm a science fiction geek, and so I had these books. And I pulled out a book to read, read one of these books again, and all of a sudden, here plops out $60 from my bookshelf. I have no idea where it got there, how it got there. I'm sure I stuffed it in there at some point. God said to himself, we'll just keep that right there. Tithing works. Tithing works. So where do you invest your money first? Where does your money go first? And then number three, how do you spend your time? Time is the most valuable thing I think we have. As a kid, it seemed to go so slow. And it seems the older you get, the faster time goes. Like, wasn't it just Christmas? We're like four weeks, five weeks away from Easter. (laughs) Like, our team is working really hard right now on Easter. It's like, how is that possible? It's crazy to think how fast time goes. It seemed like Riley was just born. She's 19. Where did it go? So what do you do? I said, time is short. And for some of us, the time, the, t- the time is getting less and less. We're on the downhill stretch now. I'm, I'm 45. I'm like, I'm probably there. I'm like, I'm on the back half now. Uh, that's just reality. And I think about that. Like, I think about when I was younger and so many things that I didn't do because of Fear. And now, now that I'm, I'm at that halfway or beyond the halfway point, I'm like, no, I, I've only got so many years left. I'm not, not going to let fear ruin an opportunity to experience something. I, I want to know. I want to make the most of it. I, I want to fill my life with the good things that God has for me. I've I, I got this illustration that I, I want to show you. This is, this is life, and life comes at us fast, and our life will fill up with stuff. It just—it is the natural order of things. It will just fill up with stuff. It just happens. And, and, and so, I, I gave you these rocks, and and because all of us have things that are priorities. And and. And let's just look at the church for a moment. We've got priorities as a church. Let me grab a couple of these, and we'll just talk about a couple. We're getting ready to close here, but a couple priorities of the church. We want to connect, right? That's part of our our vision statement, mission statement. We want to connect. We want to connect people to God. And we want to connect people to their God-given purpose. And we want to connect The church and our community, right? We're working hard at that. And so we want to make sure that's there. And we've got all of our our core values and the rest of our our mission statement. And and the word of God, obviously, that's a huge one. We want to make sure the word of God is preached effectively. Here is the thing. The problem is, is that if we let life fill up our life first, there is not room for the priorities that we need. If, if the church, is, and, and, and we were talking about this earlier this week, different CEOs, different pastors, we were serving at other churches this week, and um, I'm like, I'm just the CEO of a different branch, I told somebody, uh, of the kingdom of God. Um, the fact is, is that as a church, if we do not prioritize things, the church fills up with fluff and stuff that really does not matter. So we have to decide we're going to put the priorities first. And then when there's when we're full, the fluff can fall on the floor because we want to make sure the priorities that God has for us don't fall on the floor. Let's take your life for a moment. What is what are your priorities? I hope I hope it's relationship with God. I hope we can we can put that priority in there, right? Don't break these, pastor. It's like that's Breakthrough. Break the vases. Let's see how that works out. Lisa would not be happy with me. Um, you know, if you're married, I hope I hope you want a positive relationship, a healthy relationship with your spouse. If you got kids, you want to have a healthy relationship with your kids, right? Hopefully. You want positive friendships and all these different things and work and house and all these different things. But let me ask you, what about going to church? Is that a priority? Because I'll tell you what, if you don't put it in here, that's what happens. There's not room. Life will fill up. Sunday morning will come. You'll be exhausted. And if this is hitting home, I'm sorry, but God wrote it, not me. Um, It won't fit in here. And you'll stay at home. You go, well, I'll just watch online. And then you go, well, I don't have time on Sunday morning. I'll watch later. And then before you know it, six months have gone by and you haven't been in a service or heard a church service for six months. If it's not something that you prioritize, it won't get done. Well, I'll start tithing tomorrow or the next week or the next week or next month or next year. If you don't make it a priority, you won't do it. And if we don't do it, we can't experience it. Because now that we've got the priorities, if we put the priorities in First. And whatever those priorities are, and you're going to have to talk with God, you're going to have to talk with your spouse, and you're going to have to figure those out because I can't do that for you. But now that the priorities are in your life first, now when all the stuff comes your way and it starts to fill up, there's room for your priorities because they're already in there. And if there's extra, it can flow on the floor because these things don't matter they're not really going to make that big a difference. But what's at the bottom of this absolutely will make a difference. And here's the thing, you got to do it every day. You got to make those priorities every day. Robbie, would you just come to the piano really quick cuz we close today? We gave you those rocks really quickly if you if you got one of those, would you just hold it in your hand for a moment? I know some of you probably think this is a silly thing. Your pastor gave me a rock. Now I got to take a rock home. Don't break a window with it, okay? <laughs> but I will. Ho- I do hope you take that home, and I hope you put it next to wherever you do devotions, or maybe you put it next in your bathroom as you're getting around and you're brushing your teeth this next week. And every time that you look at that rock, I want you to think about what are my priorities. What are the priorities that I need to put into place? We want breakthrough in our life. We've got that box of, of breakthroughs that we've, we've talked about that we're praying for in your life this year. God will do the supernatural, but we've got to do the natural. That you're in in your life. Listen to the Lord and then decide devotional life. I'd say, man, that needs to be a rock. Get that in there in your life. Make it a priority. If if going to church on a regular basis, if you're like, I need to make put that in there. Maybe for somebody, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this tithing thing. I've I've been leery of it. I don't know if I want to, but you know what? The word of God says we're to do it. The God said to test him in this. All right, let's let's make it a priority this year and let's see what God would do with my finances. And I believe that if we are faithful, and starting to put some of these rocks in the right place, God will begin to speak into our life. God will begin to move in our life. God will begin to start moving in areas we weren't even expecting Him to move, positioning things just the right way. And the same story that we see played out for Lydia, that she would be in the right place at the right time to receive what God had for her, God will work that same thing through the window in your life. Amen? Can I pray for you this morning? Church, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be healthy in your mind, in your body, in your spirit. For some here, it's just tough. And you're like, Pastor, I. I, when you talk about overworked and over, it's like I don't even have a job. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you're just you're just overwhelmed. Like this, is just one thing after another. You know, I love Adrian's heart, and I love something that happened this morning. He got done with worship practice, and before he went to grow group, he just said, "I just need to take five minutes to just reset." Sometimes it's as simple as taking five minutes. And we, we talked for just a minute about, you know, school, and sometimes he, you can come home so exhausted. He's like, it's crazy how tired I am. Or just, I'm just using my, my mind, your mind and your emotions. And sometimes just that, it's not the physical part, but it's just the mind and the emotions, and you're just exhausted. And I, I think there are some people here this morning, can you just be honest if that's you? You're just, you're exhausted mentally, and you're just exhausted emotionally this morning i just believe that they're just god wants to touch you this morning let's close in prayer lord we thank you this morning that god your word is true and lord you're speaking to us about priorities it's now it's now up to us the altar call is not here at this at the the foot of this platform the altar call is to go home and work this word in our life to sit down and just go okay what are the priorities for me in this season Holy Spirit, speaks so clearly to us that we cannot miss you. Lord, whatever we need to start filling our life with, we would do it. Lord, for those this morning who are just, just exhausted, emotionally and mentally specifically, just exhausted, it has been one challenge after another, after another. Lord, I pray for rest for your people. Lord, I believe there's those here that just haven't been able to sleep at night. They haven't been able to shut off their mind. It's just, they've been, they've been up and they just, thoughts just keep going. They haven't been able to turn off their mind. I pray tonight that your peace would fall on your people and that they would sleep and they would be rested. God, I pray a blessing over our church. Lord, do what only you can do. It's not easy sometimes following you because you take us to places that are challenging. You take us to places that are uncomfortable. But Lord, you take us there not to abuse us, not to hurt us, not to harm us, but you take us to these places to build in us character and integrity, the character of Christ. To be. If a woman who seems to have had it all together, had... A thriving business, a leader in her community came to the conclusion, I need Jesus and he needs to be my number one priority. Lord, we need that same thing. We need you to be the number one priority in our life. Lord, as we leave this place today, as we've made room and you have done something in us, I pray as we leave this place, that, Lord, every person in your house would believe you want to do great things through us. For those going to lunch, going home, going to your workplace this week, that God is going to put you exactly where you need to be, when you need to be there, to be an encouragement, to be a blessing, to be a Lydia to somebody, to give resource to their life, to speak a word of hope into into a moment, into a situation, to serve somebody who can't reach something on a shelf at a grocery store, whatever it might be, that God would use you every place that you go this week. Lord, we pray over our offering this morning. Lord, as we give, may we do so with a heart of worship. Lord, with what comes in, Lord, may we be able to do more with it for the kingdom of God than we ever thought possible. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor Lord, help us to be the church you're calling us to be. And God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Uh, Wednesday, we've got a Bible study at 6.30 p.m. We'd love for you to join us, uh, whether it's online or here in person. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Next Sunday, we have the annual business meeting. We will feed your kids lunch. Uh, We'll do our business and then dismiss so that we can go have lunch ourselves. Again, if you need those documents, they're on the table. If you have any questions about the resolution, Please talk to us ahead of time. We'd love to be able to iron those things out ahead of time to save time in the business meeting. Have a great week, amen?